Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Presented by Church Health. Caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? It's uh, Maybe Your Baby, or Maybe Baby, uh, by Stevie Wonder from this 1972 album, Talking Book. Apparently yesterday was the 50th anniversary of that album's release. Uh, my favorite, I'm a day late, my favorite Stevie Wonder album, and probably one of my, I don't know, 20 to 30 favorite albums, period. The album is Talking Talking Book. Book. And now, was was songs in the key of life a- after it? Yeah, Talking Book seventy two and Inner Visions. I think it's seventy three or seventy four, and Songs in the Key of Life is I think seventy five. Maybe seventy six. Songs 76. in the Key of Life, sort of a best of. Like, was it? A, no. The, no, it's different. It's all different. Yeah, no, that that's you know his, his sort of you know peak stretch was those three albums, um, and fulfilling this first finale may have been in the middle of those or maybe before, but those sort of those four albums, I guess. But the three, they're considered like the three great Stevie Wonder albums are Talking Book, Inner Visions, and Songs in the Key of Life, and they're all studio albums. Songs in the Key of Life is like like a triple record, right? Basically, yeah, is this huge, enormous thing. Right, so, yeah. Columbia Records, you had to spend two or your three, two or three of right. your things. I think it's three. Yeah. So Songs in the Key of Life is sort of consensus considered like the Stevie Wonder masterpiece. Album, yeah. uh-huh. I. I it's not to me like it's the, my third of those three to me, um, but it's you know conceptually it's you know it announces itself as a big deal and so people treat it as such. I think it is a great record, but to me, Talking Book is a better record. Um, how do you feel about Halloween? Not not a big Halloween guy, um, personally. As you know, as a parent, you know when my kids were younger, like I like it for kids. Right. Um, I, I I'm conceptually pro trick or treating. In practice, it is problematic at our house because of our dogs. You know, the dogs just don't react to that Crazy. well. And Do you get a lot? No, we get very few, and at this point, we mostly just, just turn aren't, off the light. Aren't, we're, we're just not no. home. Oh, you'd know? go out. Our kids are now going out doing their other things, so we can go out and not be home, basically. Yeah, I'm. I uh, yeah, and okay, but if you were to if your if your kids came home with buckets of candy, and you were to take candy from their stash. What would you take? Uh, anything Reese's related, um, Kit Kat related, not Kit Kat related, Kit Kat. Kit Kats. I don't want the flavored Kit Kats, but anything re- anything at all that has the word Reese's on it. Um, Kit Kats, Twix, Snickers, like just classic chocolate Classic stuff. chocolate. Yeah. Is the best Reese's the original big cups? Is that the best Reese's, do you think? 
I, you know, we did a podcast on candy this week, and we talked. We just oh, really? talked about our favorite, like, um, you know, mass market candy. And I didn't bring. I I, I didn't want to have three different Reese's products, so I brought in. <laughs> I brought in the Reese's. Oh, stick. you literally brought them in. Yeah, so I brought in the Reese's stick as my number one. And basically, I just said that I don't even you know, know what the Reese's stick is. What is the Reese's? It's like stick? a cross between a Reese's peanut butter cup a and, a Kit? and a Kit Kat. It's like a. It's, How long's it been out? I don't know. Years, ten long years, time. yeah, something like that. Really? Anyway, that's the only candy I have a weakness for anymore. Is that and Reese's peanut butter cup? So I brought in the Reese's stick, just and basically said that in my mind, like this, you know, the Reese's peanut butter cup is so obvious. I'm not even going to bother. That's retired. Of course, that is the greatest candy. The Reese's peanut butter cup is easily the greatest candy, and it's the best form of Reese's. I mean, I, I I've never had the Reese's stick. I can't believe I, it's better. I actually, my favorite is the um the little like more rounded individual Reese's peanut butter cups that you get sort of in big bags individually wrapped more right. so actually than the the flatter ones. But I, I'm, I, you know, how do you I, feel about Reese's pieces? You know, towards the lower end of the Reese's scale, but still, <laughs> still Reese's better scale. than most other candies. I, how do you feel about an almond joy candy? No, 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 no interest. I, I, in I don't, almond joy candy. I don't like, I like the flavor of coconut. I like coconut milk. I don't like the texture of candy, of coconut, candy coconut in anything, in candy bars and cakes and anything. Uh, and how about all that, like the Sour Patch, all that stuff? I don't do that you stuff know? anymore. I did, on, on our pod, I brought in Jolly Ranchers, which was sort of my, like, you know, nostalgia. Like, I loved watermelon Jolly Ranchers as Are those kid. chewy or are they? No, you, you suck crunchy. on those. So, yeah, I don't like um, hard candy. I don't, I don't do non, I basically do not do, do non-chocolate candy anymore. So was this with Jennifer Biggs? Yeah, and Eric and Natalie. Okay, so what were their favorite candies? Um, I'm trying to remember. Eric brought in, uh, was it Crackle? No, Nestle Crunch. Oh, that's lame. And he brought in. I mean, you can't say lame anymore. The one, the 100 grand them. bar. <laughs> um, and that's what Jeffrey's. Jeffrey says the 100 grand bar is wildly underrated. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. I, when you know, I gotta say, having taste tested it like earlier this week or last week or whenever we did this, I, I think maybe not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'll I tell was, you what I, I think is underrated: the Baby Ruth. That's just peanut. It's peanuts. peanut butter. It's some chocolate. It's got yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's got yeah. The ba- peanut chocolate, peanut butter, butter, and then. But I also yeah, like Nick. that one. That's just a, a like a roll. What's that thing called? A, a payday, which is a which is just a peanut. The peanut and sweetness stuff in it, you know, like uh, yeah, I, new, I think it's just it. nougat. I think nougat, it's nougat. And, yeah. Anyway, so okay, Jen- so. Jennifer brought in a Mounds bar, and we all agreed that was the worst of all the candies that were brought in. Mounds is just the coconut, coconut. stuff. It's not even the it's not even the nut with the almond joy. Yeah, yeah. that's pathetic. Yeah, we we agreed. I was a weird, <laughs> the weird choice. By but I think her. a Milky Way is pretty bad too. All it is is chocolate. And, I would and rather do a Milky fluff. Way than a Three Musketeer. When you get those bags of Halloween that has the Snickers and the Three Musketeer and the Milky Way, like to me, it's a clear power ranking of Snickers, then Milky Way, and then Three Musketeer. Yep. Milky Way at least has that little bit of caramel. Well, that's in it. right. And the Musketeer, Three Musketeer's got nothing. weird nougaty stuff. <laughs> right, no, it's I don't know. Lousy. Yeah. And how about Natalie? What's she like? Um, she brought in this weird, like, nerds cluster that was, like, nerds but chewy in the middle, and we all thought that was weird. Um, and she brought in peppermint patties, which Those are, are good, good. Which are good. And I can't remember. Or her third one were junior mints. She was very mint-oriented. How do you feel about a Butterfinger? Oh, that was Jennifer's number one. She brought in a Butterfinger, a Mounds, and some other, like, thing that's I not, think Butterfinger's delicious. Butterfingers are delicious. My I think totally delicious. My problem with Butterfinger is... Is it's the one like chocolatey candy that gets into my this is too sticky on my teeth. It is definitely I, I has a do little texture thing in it. Yeah. Yes. Flavor wise, love a Butterfinger, but I don't eat it. Incredibly anymore. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, there are people who love Halloween, and we're getting grief because I don't love Halloween. But for me, it comes to I, my dogs are fine with the Halloween stuff, but it's the um, it's the fact that I'm not good at costumes. Yeah, I'm not either. So, I'm not good at it, and I don't care about being good at it. It's just right. not me. Maybe if I, I those things are probably related, right? Yeah. There are things that I would like to be good at that I'm not good at, but mostly those things are tend to be there's some some correlation there. Right. Desmond Bain is good at shooting the basketball. This is true. True facts. Um, so you wrote the piece last night, uh, just one game. What, what was was the was Jake LaRavia the sort of most interesting thing? That Jake LaRavia's continuing progress. He um, was active. Yeah, he was shots. Good. He he sort of came on late, and so he was like a developing story in right. the game. Um, but definitely his his best game of the season. Um, you know, he got the walk-off interview at three or four from three, grabbed a bunch of boards, and then made some other plays later in the game. So the rebounding came first, and then the threes, and then he made a couple plays, a couple plays in the lane, a good assist. He played really well. Um, and so, yeah, good for him. He played really well. I think I think he is being helped in part by the lineups they are putting him in. And this is something I noted a couple games ago. Um that Jenkins, you know, at the beginning of this in preseason, the beginning of the season, Jenkins was playing a lot of two at a time of Adams, Tillman, Clark, and those lineups just not working. Right, and he has abandoned that. He's abandoned Tillman. He's completely. abandoned Tillman. Tillman right. completely. But he's also stopped. I don't think Adams and Clark have played together the last three games at all. So he has gone hard to. We're only playing one of those two guys at a time, and we're putting four players who are shooters, at least in theory. Like David Roddy's hitting like 10%, no, right. but he'll but stand outside the right. three-point line and face up. And so he's putting these lineups on the floor that really space out among only one big. And Brandon Clark at center. Almost Brandon Clark or Steven Adams. Yeah, yeah in, in, in that center spot. And I think LaRavia is really benefiting. Like he spent a lot of time on the floor in this lineup, which I love. Um, that's Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain in the backcourt, LaRavia and Aldama out wide at forward, and then Clark in the middle. And I think that really, A, it gives him space to operate, B, you know, he can be like the fifth guy or whatever and like just take the good shots and get into the flow. And I think he's really benefited from that. But I, I think, you know, I think he's his play has been encouraging. That lineup, what 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 do you love about it? I think that's the best offensive lineup you can put on the floor without John. That does not include John <laughs> that does not include John Morant and yep. only has one starter. I mean technically two with Aldama, right. but you think about the at full health. Right. Um I think, you know, in terms of you thinking about bench lineups of Ja when Ja's on the bench, how are you thriving? I think having Desmond Bain as the one starter on the floor with that lineup is a lineup that's going to be really good in the middle of games. So Desmond Bain hit a bunch of shots again, but he also continues to look really comfortable dishing the ball. And yeah. and like we we'd seen that all preseason. Like right. that was the that was the good part of Desmond Bain in preseason, and it he, it continues to be a thing. They needed more. They need more people to be able to create offense, not named John Morant. Because John Brand can do it all the time, right. but it's just it's such a burden. So they need more of that. But you don't want more of it coming from Dylan Brooks, right? Right. Um, and so you want more of it, but there are lots of places on the roster either you're not going to get it from or you don't want to get it from. And so Desmond Bain is, you know, I think Jaron after him when he comes back, but Desmond Bain's very top of the list in terms of who you wanted to see take on more of a burden, not only of scoring, but of creating, of, of handling, of generating offense, whether it's for him or other people. And I think it's, you know, obviously he had a couple some bad shooting games to start the season, but even then he was taking on the burden. And I, I, I think Des, what Desmond Bain is, looks like, he looked this way in preseason and now, now you know, now into the season is extremely encouraging for the Grizzlies. So you get to this, are they the best backcourt in the league? 
I mean, maybe I haven't, would, I, haven't, I haven't sat down and made a right, list. list, and so well, yeah. who, who plays with Luca? <laughs> you know, like well, like, that's well, there, a pretty there, good there, there is yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, you know. do you, you need a certain level of, of accomplishment for both players to even talk about right, it as, team, a back as a backcourt? As a backcourt, you say just Luca and anybody. That's sort of not in the spirit of the question, right? Um, and I think right now Clay Thompson's not good enough for He's that to be in the spirit of the question. And so, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, they haven't played together that much yet. But, you know, in terms of talent of two players, you know, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, both were all-stars last season put together. Um, I mean, obviously, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, um, that's probably your pole position on going into the season. They were, I think, both all-NBA or were sort of that level last season. Um, I'm, I, I right. Again, I'm off the top, top of my head, head here. Right. I mean, you know, you know, Damian Lillard, the way he's bounced back, and Anthony Simons. I mean, I wouldn't put them in the John Desmond category, but like there are guys out there. Yeah. Um, and so now onward to Utah, and then Portland. Portland is going to be without Damian Lillard, which certainly yep. uh, will help the Grizzlies. This is this is a, and I'm not trying to put a damper on the Grizzlies start. I think the I, in, in my mind, having just I don't care about the record, but watching them play. I mean, I feel better about the ceiling of the team than I did before the season started. But they are benefiting from a pretty squishy early season schedule. Um, the only good team they played, the best team they played is Dallas, and that was, you know, second yeah, out of a back-to-back right. or whatever. But they're going to keep on getting with a squishy schedule where they got Utah. Utah's been good this season, but still. Utah twice, Portland without Lillard. Like, they, they're getting pretty deep into the season without playing any, like, heavy teams, but I think that's good. I think the idea before the season was – the schedule sets up pretty well for right. to get off to a good start even without Jaron and, you know, really help you long term. So why do you feel better about their ceiling? Ja. Ja. John Desmond. John Desmond. Yeah, yeah. John Morant was all NBA last season. He's taking a step forward in his game, it seems to me. Desmond Bain was, you know, a borderline all-star, most improved candidate last season. It's taken to me a clear step forward in his game. I think it looks like, you know, in terms of replacing depth, Santi Aldama and Jake Laravia, I think, are both real players. Um, and then everyone else is sort of known quality. I mean, you know, Stephen Adams is, was good last year. He's still good. Right. Ice Jones is still good. Brandon Clark right. is still good. Uh, how about yeah. Dylan? I, Dylan, you know, I think it's a wait and see a little bit. I mean, Dylan is a known quantity because he's, he's like, you know, 26 years old or whatever right. in year six. Um, but there are real questions about fit as the team changes around him. And I think these last two games, I, I'm, I'm just – I'm reluctant to to make any grand anything, new right. proclamations about Dylan Brooks based on these last two games, in part because he's coming off the injury. Um, I think the defensive stuff that he's been asked to do in these two games is insane. It's wild <laughs> because I mean, it's Kevin Durant is like seven feet tall and like the best long scorer in the history of the game, and De'Aaron Fox is like six two and like the fastest guy in the league who's not in Dylan Brooks' own locker room. And for the same guy to guard both of those players in back-to-back games coming off an injury is pretty crazy. And he sure didn't shut either of them down. But, like, just to ask him to do that. I mean, players are going to be asked to guard those two guys in consecutive games, like across the league. So that's sort of the role he's in. Um, I think offensively he's been a mess, but he's, he's a mess a lot. But I think the last two games there's been a lot of pressing and a lot of, like, it's, it seems like he needs to settle down. He always needs to settle down. But right now, in particularly, there's was so much focus on can he fit in offensively, and he's coming off the injury. The contract. And I think he isn't. He, I think he can settle down more than he's settled down the past two games. Um, it was good that he he knocked down some threes. I, I think he looked at his best in the last game, and he just took stationary, 
easy. The ball comes out to you. Take a breath. Take right. the shot. No, well, the, the first and, three, and that, when Ja found him across the court, yeah. open in drive. And that's you what know. you that's what you want from him. Yeah. If, he, if he can lower the volume on the other kind of shots, which he generally has. He's not out there shooting. Right. No. He's shooting poorly, but he's not shooting poorly on 18, 19 shots. Right. right? He's shooting poorly on 12 or whatever. If he can lower the volume on the bad shots and just, like, take – Take a breath and take the open three when the open three comes to him and just play good defense. Um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Brevin did say, Brevin made the point that he didn't think it was a coincidence that Desmond Bain's best games have come since Dylan is back to take some of the defensive. And I think, listen, I, I think that might be a overstated, but yeah. it does, it is helpful. Oh, yeah. No, you don't want. If you want Desmond Bain, a Desmond Bain is a decent defender, but he's not good enough to be your number one defender right. on the wing. So you don't, you know, you don't want him in that role just qualitatively. Right. But then B, if you're asking him to take on so much more offensively, you also I'm don't want to do that. Role. So there's double reasons why you don't want Desmond Bain guarding the other team's best player. Um, and so yeah, the, the, you know, in terms of how you're structuring your team. If you're going to have John Morant, Desmond Bain as your backcourt, you really need your small forward to, to be, be a, a lockdown guy, to be your best defensive player on the perimeter. Clearly, which Dylan Brooks is. Now you could reorient your roster, and some other player could be could in be that, that role. But that's the role that that position needs to be. Um, <laughs> could Zaire Williams ever be that? Who knows? He's got the length. You know, he's got to build strength, and right. I, I just don't know. To me, it's impossible to say. But this is why, like, when we know when the name OG Ananobi popped up, popped up, I'm like, right. yeah, let's go trade Get for that, that guy. guy. Like to me. The ideal Grizzly small forward is is a three and D kind of player. I'm confident Dylan Brooks can be the D. Um, the three career, he's, his career percentage is not bad. It's just, it's just, there's just lots of issues right. with him. We all know this. We'll see how it evolves. Yeah. Um, if you were Utah, would this? If you were a Utah fan, would this frustrate you? They're four and one. I don't know. I mean, again, it's a week into the season. I, 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 yeah, you, you got plenty of time to, to be terrible and lose a bunch of games. They're, they're, they're at this point. They're, not, they're four and one. They're not, you know, eight and two or, or right. twelve and six or whatever. And so we'll see where it goes. And who is? But I, but I do think they need to move guys because it's not like if you're San Antonio with your good start, there there's a rationale to look at that and say we're good because Devin Vassell, who's like twenty two, and Kelvin really Johnson is twenty two, right. and Yaka Pertle is twenty six, are all playing well. I mean, maybe let's just keep these guys and see what happens. Or if you're Indiana, which hasn't been good, but if, say, Indiana was off to a good start, you'd say, well, we do it, we're good because of Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Mathern or whatever. Utah, you're good because of, um, you know, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson and, and you know. Jordan, you know, maybe, Jordan Clarkson's been really good. Yeah, maybe Laurie Markkinen is a keeper. But right. there's no there's no path, period, with, like, Clarkson and, and Conley and some of these other guys. So clearly you're going to try to move them. And what's Conley's value? Well, the contract's pretty big, but he's still a good player. I mean, I, I think – you know, I I think I think he can be moved. I think Conley will be traded this season. Okay. Uh, last thing, I, I, I it's funny. I, I gave a talk the other day, and someone was. We were talking about the Coliseum, and then there was a story today in the Daily Memphian about how saving the Coliseum still not off the table. They're trying to find the. I, I. Says who is it, I, that? That's, no, no. Right. It says the Coliseum people. It says right, the, right. says uh, the, the, the the Coliseum people. It's interesting. So anyway, I said to the when I was because I, I, I said I, I, that it's been a decade. People are trying to find some other use for the Coliseum, and it seems like this is appropriate to knock down the Coliseum and put, you know whatever, put something else there. And someone raised their hand and said pushback, and they started telling me all the reasons that you should save the Coliseum. And I was starting to think about it because obviously there are lots of 
buildings here that have been reused, Crosstown, yeah. Brewery, et cetera. If you look around the country, the pyramid. I, the pyramid. Are there examples? I can't think of an example of an arena I, like I, the, I, the I, one in St. Louis where the where the Tigers played in seventy two, seventy three. It was blown up. Boston Garden well, was blown I, up. I think like I looked at this at several years years ago. I was looking for comp buildings to like the Coliseum situation. And so you know, this is off the top of my head, and it's right. years outdated. But you, what you'll find is buildings that basically are the Lander Center. They're used as secondary arenas, and like there's a minor league sports team that plays there, and they do like flea markets and, and it's like that kind of thing and they lose money but the building's still there right. and so like you could do that with the coliseum but i don't see that as i don't see the point i don't see the i just highs and best i just don't see the point let's lose 10 million a year like having this secondary arena to do like i don't know you know to do whatever i, I just don't see the point in that i am not a proponent of i don't think it's important to tear down the coliseum but I don't think it's important. Not, I don't think it's important not to. And so, in the absence right. of something to do that, like people, I actually think it's important to not have just a big empty. But I actually no, do I think agree. it's important. No, to I think it's important to do, to do something with to, it. Yeah, I think it's important to do something. Um, but if someone came tomorrow and said, "We want to," I'm a private investor and I want right. to spend fifty million dollars and I'm I want to turn the Coliseum into this, I'd be like, "Great, go for it." But right. like that's just that's just not there. Right. Uh, thank you, Chris. We will talk to you on Monday. Grizzlies play Saturday and then again Monday in Utah. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.